hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, today uh, we are having, uh, I think today's Thursday, yeah, Poweronomics Thursday, uh, where <laughs> Dr. Claude Anderson comes in. And uh, Dr. Claude Anderson is the author of the books, uh, Poweronomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, uh, The Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets. And as you all come in, please greet Dr. Anderson uh, and tell him uh, tell him hello. And uh, Dr. Anderson, I'd like to ask you, my friend, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I think I'm doing reasonably well. I'm, I'm improving, but still coming out of this this case of weakness I've had now for about the last four or five years, but I'm growing stronger every day. Well, you know, uh, you are strong in the uh, in the eyes of the public, and I know a lot of our folks are always happy to hear from you. Um, I, I've, I've just sort of just patiently waited for uh, an opportunity for us to talk because I know that people people are looking for you. You know, people are looking for you because they feel that there's a little bit of a, a gap in leadership. There's a, sort of a misguided energy right now. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, I think today uh, one theme is to really talk about leadership and talk about a plan. You know, um, I, I'll tell you, so I'll, I'll brief you, Dr. Anderson, on some of what's been going on publicly. And a lot of the folks that are in here know know about it because we've been talking about it. Uh, one of the things that's been happening is uh, a lot of the folks that were getting black folks to rush out and support the Democrats and, and everything else, they're starting to uh, have concerns that the Biden administration is ignoring black people. Uh, they were upset. You know, uh, these the same people were the ones who were saying, you know, Ice Cube is wrong. He shouldn't be asking for anything for black folks. He shouldn't be pushing for a black agenda. Uh, we just got to get Trump out of office, which which is fine, whether you're Democrat, Republican, that's not the issue. But uh, th- there were a lot of people who didn't feel that black folks ha- uh, should negotiate for anything before the election, that, we, that once Biden got in office, everything would kind of come together. And from what I understand, a lot of people, you know, the Black Lives Matter is now publicly complaining, saying that Biden won't meet with us. He won't talk to us. Uh, who else? Uh, another. There's a lady named Amanda Seals, who is uh, she's a TV star. You don't. She's not an important person in, in that regard. She's but she's a comedian, which which makes her a joke. Uh, but Ma- Amanda Seals was real vocal about really criticizing black folks that had an agenda. But now even Amanda Seals has actually said, gosh, I, I'm embarrassed. I can't believe that I, you know, I supported Kamala, you know, Kamala Harris and stuff like that. Now, this is not pro-Biden or anti or pro-Trump or anti. It's really about negotiation. Now, I want to ask you about that in terms of as, a, as an expert on power and, and understanding what it means to negotiate something for your vote. Where did black people go wrong in this in this last election, in your view? They went wrong in depending on so-called black leaders, which means visible blacks. They, they always somehow misunderstand and misperceive people who are visible as being black leaders. That's not the, They never followed the de- definition of a leader. A leader is an individual who has done a very systematic, comprehensive analysis of where black folk are socially and economically in the society and then, then, then plan and, and, and incorporate strategies and techniques and solutions but taking them to a better place, have a better quality of life. And I don't know any other Blacks have done that. I can't think of one, not one single Black. I can't think of some of these organizations that front as Black organizations, which is which a disservice to Black folk. Urban League and NAACP, they've never represented Black folk. They start off with white folks starting those organizations and then then, then mix them, mixing them and, and, and mixing them up so they get confused Black folk and talk strictly and solely about social issues. They were focused strictly on, 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 on conditions of black folk, 
on the symptoms of black folk and, and say, say, these are our problems. Our problems is that we need more public housing. Our problem is that we need more jobs. Our problem is that we need more uh, welfare and food stamps. Our problems is we need less imprisonment. Our problems, now those are symptoms of your problems. I said, How, just name me one who understands the nature of what your problems and never found one. I have yet to find one throughout the civil rights movement that says, Dr. Anderson, you were right, you know, 60, 70 years ago. Economics is our problem. That's our basic problem. Economics speaking with the fact that we own and control practically nothing. What you own and control is what you call wealth. If you own and control it, that's wealth. We don't. We only control less than one half of one percent of anything of value in this society. Never, and we never uh, uh, acquired more than that. And yet, you say, "Well, we're going to go out and vote. Vote for what? Well, on politics, politics that we should always vote. Voting. Have you have you set up a curriculum? Have you set up a, a list of demands you're going to make for white folk? Then what are you voting for? It should be based. Politics came into existence in the 1500s based on a simple premise of quid pro quo. Quid pro quo, which means something for something. What are you voting for? Well, we vote for our, uh, our, 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 because it's something that makes us feel good. Any stupid ex- explanation. Now, no, no. You vote based on getting benefits. I've told black folk that all the days of my life in politics, 60 some years, that you vote to get benefits. And you had these silly people, they'll call on and say, should we be voting? Hell no, Donna, you got, unless you got something you're going to demand and something you're going to get. And, 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 and reciprocity for what you're voting for. Because I haven't seen one yet that says, here's why we are voting and here's what we're going to hold you accountable for. And you and in a Democratic Party, blacks make up typically in the voting pattern about 38 percent of, of, of the vote and not one. As a matter of fact, Bill Clinton, once I was his deputy political strategist up here in, in Maryland, and uh, he finally confessed one day way in, deep in his administration that he was totally surprised that black people have never, never, never demanded a damn thing from him except maybe hired a few, one or two people here and there and buying some tickets for the NAACP annual convention or luncheon. They don't buy, they don't demand anything from anybody, never have and never seem to be, will have the will to do it. And so what I provided you with recently, I said, I think that the best leader in the country now would probably be Dr. Boris Watkins. I said, He's the only one who seems to got the sense and the consciousness to want to get quid pro quo for black folk. So I submitted you and gave you a list of what I call the uh, quid pro plan for black folk that I was going to demonstrate, provide to the black community during the last election. But I held off saying, well, for the first time, I'm going to give in and say maybe these blacks can stumble, can stumble into the truth, what politics is all about. So I said, I'll stay out of it. And I said, after this, if they don't do it, I'll just give it to Dr. Watkins. I said, in the meantime, at least they should have go set up a black party, a native black American party, and didn't even do that. So I have no answer to you for you, because right now I'm just totally disappointed in this country for having all these 46 million black folk and no black leadership. By black leadership, I mean somebody who places in priority on doing something specifically and solely for black folk. Any black that goes on TV and start talking about these broad, ambiguous terms about what we want. We want something that takes care of everybody. Then you're stupid. Because mm-hmm. you're competing against, they see that as being not, 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 not what you think it is. You think you're being friendly towards all these groups. You're being friendly towards showing how, how compassionate 
you are towards Asians and Arabs and Hispanics and how much you love them and you want to work all collectively. You want to be together. They don't, they don't see it like that. Those groups see you focusing on any and everybody as being not friendly, not compassionate, but as being stupid. You're in competition. That's where racism comes from. Racism is a race. You're competing. And I have an I ask black folk, you know what racism is? Well, doctor, that means that they don't like us because we are black. You're stupid <laughs> too. No, no, no. So I said at this point in time, I reached an age now where I'm gonna tell I'm gonna start using the right words myself. Anybody uses broad and biggest words on a people of that who are of who are the descendants of slaves in this country, like who I call native, black, American. Use any broad term as a substitute for that, whether you call it minorities, poor folk, people of color, multiculturalism, any of those terms, you're stupid. You supposed to put your own people's interests first and foremost. So that's what you should be competing for to make sure you come in as a winner. You can do not look for, for equality in a race, not in a horse race, a bicycle race, or a foot race, or a race with human beings trying to survive. We're the only people that keep trying to be compassionate and supportive of everybody except our own damn people. Wow. Well, everybody who's watching, uh, I'm speaking with Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Anderson is the author of the books, Powernomics, Black Labor Wealth, uh, The Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets. Um, I encourage everybody to, uh, if you want to educate your own children, which is what we believe in this platform, uh, go go to Dr. Anderson's website. It's powernomics.com. That's powernomics.com. Everybody right now, please do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button. Share this video. Subscribe to the channel that you're on. We are building black media. We need your support. Please, please, please do that. Uh, all right. So, um, uh, Dr. Anderson, let, let me um, come in to, and ask you about this. Then, uh, uh, And I'm glad you kind of put that straight. And in terms of letting us like right now, we're at a point where uh, this morning, Dr. Anderson, I told everybody in the chat, I said, I want you to type these words in the chat. I said, I want you to say, I told you so. I told you so. Or we told you so. Whichever one you want. Because right now, this is a learning opportunity. This is where, because now Black Lives Matter is on their knees. They 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 begging for a meeting with Biden. They ain't got one yet. Uh, but they could they could have arranged for all that before the election, but you can't, you ain't gonna get it now. Um uh who's it? Uh, uh that lady Amanda Seals is saying she's regretting because I think Kamala Harris, I think a Republican, Tim Scott, said that America is not a racist country. And the first thing Kamala says is, I agree, right? Oh. And so, yeah, so she said she agreed. And I think James Clyburn said he agreed. So my point on that was to say, this is really showing you that, uh, you know, these people in the establishment, are kind of they kind of on the same side. They own that side of maintaining uh, or keeping what you might call white supremacy, which to me is keeping power out of the hands of black people and in the hands of various establishments that are designed to manipulate black people and control us for bigger means. So can you speak on that? Let's, let's, uh, I'd like to, so let's narrow in on the Tim Scott statement that America is not a racist country. So first thing Kamala Harris says is I agree. And then James Clyburn says, I agree, but, and I think they threw some extra things in there, but for the most part, a lot of people were taken back aback by that. Uh, can you kind of speak to that? And uh, just that, that statement about America being a racist country and what that also means to you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what moon they're living on. <laughs> so, but, but, but that's what I call moonology. You know, people sit on the earth and look up at the moon and say, you know, I, I believe in the moon. There are people up there. We got to be nice to those people. No, they don't even know what racism is. I've told you for years, I used to t- travel around the world and I would ask people in various countries that, that do they know what racism is. And, you know, and I said, if you know what racism is, 
tell me what it is. If you tell me correctly, and I will give you $500 right now cash. So you know, in all those years of traveling and, uh, and, and, and offering rewards for somebody who can define racism, do you know what I never found out one person who's not, a, not a, one of my students who didn't know what racism was? They don't even know what racism is. How are you going to define something that you don't, I mean, you don't uh, resolve it and you don't even know what it is? I said, what is racism? They said, well, racism is, say, like I told you a few minutes ago, that, that racism means that they don't like me. And I, and, but I, and I know they like me because I, I, I got some, I got a white girlfriend and, and I got white people coming to my store. I even had this, had this, uh, uh, this conversation with Ollie, Ollie North. And he was saying, I'm not a racist, Dr. Anderson. And, uh, and you say it's a racist. I, I said, why aren't you a racist? He said, because uh, 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 I, I, I hire some blacks for my businesses and all my white friends hire some black folk. I said, so you think racism is anybody who hires a black person is not a racist? That's right. I said, hell, every day I'm black. I was working in the field picking cotton. And that was 99% of them. Hell, they work for you all. They just didn't get paid. Damn it. <laughs> where you get, where you come to stuff because you, you hire some black folk, but you're not a racist. Racism is a competitive relationship between groups of people who are competing for the ownership and control of resources, wealth, and power. That was the whole point of slavery, Dr. Watkins. The whole point of slavery. I said, do you know what the point of slavery was? Well, it was uh, people, again, they didn't like us. No, no. What's the point of slavery? What was the purpose of slavery? What did slavery achieve? Slavery was put into effect to systematically to systematically maldistribute almost 100% of the, all this nation's land, wealth, income, power, businesses, and the wealth, privileges, rights, and other opportunities into the hands of the dominant white society. That's what racism was. That was the whole point of slavery. And slavery didn't come into, but racism didn't come into a system as a, as a word being exercised or spoken in public discourse until 1859. There was no such thing as racism. Racism it was a contest between our countries. Started off initially earlier, 200 years later, earlier, where nine nations were in a, in, in a contest, in a race, where they're going to use black folks' labor to, to, to acquire wealth and power and resources. Where it started off with the Arabs, Arabs that these black folk in America just love to death. Just love, I love me some Arabs. Love Arabs. Arabs were the first ones that started enslaving your butts. That's how you got into slavery. Now, how in the hell are you going to go now and start practicing Islam? Those are the ones who put you into slavery. And that was over 1,300 years ago. And in the last 1,300 years, they have, they have systematically enslaved over 13 million black folk into slavery. And they're still doing it in Sudan and Ethiopia and Mauritania. They're still enslaving black folk. These are the Arabs. These are the people you want that you align yourself with. They were the first. And when they got through with you, then they turned you over to the Portuguese. The Portuguese had you enslaved. And when they got through with you, then they turned you over to the Italians. When, 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 when Henry the Navigator off the coast of Africa took 16 blacks to, into, into Italy and gave them to the Pope. And then the Pope and then the Italians then began to start enslaving black folk. And then when they got through with it, then they, they turned you over to the, to the French. And then also, the, and then from the French went to the uh, Spaniards, then the Spaniards, then the, uh, then the English. Everybody has enslaved black folk on the earth. Everybody. Even the American Indians have enslaved black folk. 
they were enslaving black folks. Black folks said, well, I got some Indian blood in me. That means you're doubly stupid. That you go around telling people somebody that, that, that somebody that you, your, your, your uh, promulgators there, that they have also enslaved you, but you still love them. You're bragging about you got some of their blood in you. Indians enslaved black folk in America. They owe black folk. The old black folk, and yet they're still out there competing against black folk. It is a competitive relationship that lasted until 1859, when when this when, when all of a sudden they decided, like well, one year before the Civil War started, that now they had systematically maldistributed all the land and resources in this country into the hands of the dominant white society, the European whites. That's why they were coming to America. They didn't, they told you that lie about we we're coming to America for religious freedom, and, and, and that, that's why we're trying to get to America. I said, hell, you got any sense? You can go off into any hill, any bush, any tree, any closet, any basement, any dark cave, and pray all you want. Hell, you don't have to go all around the world on a ship to come to America to pray. And you can, that's, I said, that's what the Statue of Liberty said at the bottom. Give me your poor. You were poor. That's why you wanted to get to America. You were coming to America to freeload, freeload. Black folk don't use that word. They don't even understand what the word means then. Freeload. That's why that's why Europeans come here. Boats were loaded down with white Europeans coming to America to freeload. They get free land and free resources. And that's why every that's why we had that's why we had laws saying that any immigrant coming to America was entitled to get land ownership. They can get a, immediately get 160 acres of free land. And, and starting off with George Washington, who got 100,000 acres of free land. Patrick, to to uh, to uh, Thomas Jefferson, he he said, if you're going to give George Washington 100,000 acres of free land, I want 100,000 acres of free land. Then then Patrick Henry said, if you're going to give those two guys 100,000 acres of free land, then you, you got to give me 65,000 acres of free land. And that and so when I say give me liberty, give me a death, I also want you to say, give me some damn land. And he got mm-hmm. land, and every slave and every slave owner was entitled to 150 acres of free land. For every uh, every slave he owned, and that uh, and and pretty soon they had maldistributed. By the end of the Civil War, over two two T W O two billion acres of free land and all the timber on it, the plus the value the value of the land first, then that then it was free, then that then all the timber on it was free, then all the water on it would be free, then the gold, the silver, the chrome, the balsite, the magnesia, the, the silver. And the uh, oil and all the other mineral rights went into white folks' hands. That's why by the end of the Civil War, white folk owned 99 percent of everything. And so and what they said then is that since we are now we've used black folks labor to become all of us here have got wealth and resources behind it. Where the average white person then had thirty two hundred times more wealth than the average slave coming out of coming out of slavery. That that had thirty two, thirty two times what a, what a slave would have. And that's why even today, I can find two white men right now that own more wealth and, and power and resources than all 46 million black folk put together. That two white men got more wealth in America than all 46 million black folk. Now, so what happened was that once they decided that they own and control everything and, and put blacks into slavery, said he was a slave, he's not a human being, he's three-fifths of a human being, he can't only control anything. He's not a citizen, and uh, and he's equal to a field animal. So then they said, let's keep it like that, which means we are a mountain, and these black folk coming out of slavery are going to be miniature animals, so as close to the ground as possible. It's let's keep it like that. 
So racism means make sure that nothing happens to transfer all that wealth and power that was that was given to whites by slavery. None of it goes over to black folk. Maintain the race relationship between whites, Europeans, and the slavers and slave-owned people at the end of in 1859s. That is racism. So that's for in all future terms. If anybody asks for, let's do something to transfer something to black folks' hands. Let's let, let's let's be for affirmative action. Be against it. Let's talk about 8A set aside. Be against it. Let's talk about uh, uh, economic e- equality. Be against it. Whites now are against anything that means transferring some of the wealth, resources, power, land, anything to black folk. That is racism. He doesn't have to do anything else. Don't worry about what he says. If he's opposed to or he's not actively out there taking, identifying economic opportunities for black folk to own and control resources, wealth, power, privileges, and everything else, that is racism. And don't let, I don't give a damn if black folk are stupid and they don't understand that. But you make sure that you tell all your students, it, it, racism is anybody, any white person who opposes moving resources into the hands of black folk. And it's not, that's all it is, as simple as I can tell, tell you. And you got what black folk right now thinking that where black folk can be racist, a black person cannot be a racist. He doesn't own and control enough of any damn thing to be a racist. Racism is a power relationship. Who got the power and who has nothing? And so consequently, I don't care who it is, if it's the vice president or, or, the, or, the, or the janitor in the system in the White House, if he's opposed to moving something into black folks' hand and he's not black, he is a racist. Mm. All right, everybody. Um, I'm speaking with Dr. Claude Anderson. He's the author of the books Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2. Um, I encourage you. I encourage you. Uh, we must educate our own children. That's very important so that we don't get that slave thinking in their brain. Uh, the first books your kids should read, in my view, uh, are on powernomics.com. There's the website right there. Uh, and also what that does is it allows you to not just say you support something, I encourage you to talk with your resources. Uh, you know, you 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 support Nike by buying their sneakers. You support Popeye's chicken by buying their food. Uh, well, support Powernomics if that's what you believe in. Don't just say you support it. Actually show that. And also, this you're going to get something in return for your kids. So go to Powernomics.com. Hit the thumbs up button. Please, please, please. Right now, everybody take one second. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit that share subscribe button. That's really important to build in the channel. We're building black owned media. And uh, and, and and also, I want to uh, uh, ask Dr. Anderson about something that's um, that's on my Instagram. I'm, I'm going to pull this up uh, for, for you to see this, Dr. Anderson. And uh, I want to get your take on some of this. And I think it speaks into exactly what you were talking about. So uh, everybody wants to see this directly on my Instagram. It's the real boys walking. So please follow me on Instagram because I, I, I want to get some smart black people on my platform. Uh, so here's what um, here's what was released uh, recently by Black Lives Matter. And uh, I did a survey uh, today on my Twitter and I asked um, I asked the people on Twitter, I said, uh, how many of you trust the Black Lives Matter organization? So, in fact, actually, before I show you what they released, I'm going to show you the results of the survey. Uh, and my Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins one. So here, here, here it is, everybody. I want you guys to see this. Uh, so I asked you all, I said, uh, do you trust Black Lives Matter? So Basically, uh, it's the survey has been up a couple hours. Ninety three point nine percent of you said no. Ninety three point nine percent 
of the black people on our platform said they do not trust Black Lives Matter. Now we are a little bit different. We're not we're not necessarily overly liberal, but we're not a bunch of Republicans either. It's a sort of a mix. It's a mix of black people that uh, believe in a poweronomics philosophy, right? So they don't fit really in the Democrat or Republican Party. But that kind of blew me away. Uh, I think before the election, that might have been maybe it would have been sixty percent or something like that. But 94% of black people don't even trust Black Lives Matter uh, because they feel like they're doing it wrong. Now, I, I shared that with you, Dr. Anderson. So the next thing I want to share with you, and then I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this. Black Lives Matter today put out a list of what they call demands. And uh, and I'm going to uh, read through the, the, the first sentence of each demand and then kind of get your take on it. Uh, they said uh, their seven demands are one to convict and ban Donald Trump from running for future office Two, expel Republican members of Congress who attempted to overturn the election and incite a white supremacist attack. Three, launch a full investigation into the ties between white supremacy and the Capitol Police, law enforcement and the military Four, permanently ban Donald Trump from all digital media. Five, defund the police. Six, don't let the coup be used as an excuse to crack down on our movement. Seven, pass the Breathe Act. And I guess the Breathe Act is uh, a, a police reform act. Uh, so uh, in that whole list of demands, Dr. Anson, one thing I'll say, I'll mention is I, I saw nothing about reparations. Uh, I saw nothing about uh, black people getting uh, access to control of resources. Uh, so it, it was seen as a, as a joke. A lot of people on the pla- on the on the page just said, "This is stupid. What is this?" So I'd be curious to get your take on it in terms of uh, what would make sense for a list of demands, and also what's wrong with that list I just provided to you just now. Because it's totally off base. That's it. And uh, I know nothing about the Black Lives Matter. I complimented them for, ha- for having the ability and the sensitivity to organize. But they, but they, but they mixed it up. They confused everything by bringing in every, all other people that have got their own separate agendas. They got all these newly fabricated groups, and then uh, who, who self perceived as being having been discriminated against. They confused discrimination with racism. And I told them again that there's bias, bigotry, discrimination had nothing in the world to do with racism. I feel like my whole life was a failure, but I've been telling black folk this ever since the civil rights movement in the 1960s. That is not racism. Black folk think that somehow because somebody doesn't like you. Racism started off as an economic issue in the 15th century. It's still an economic issue. It's still an economic issue. It has nothing to do with whether or not you, somebody likes you or prefers somebody discriminates against you. Every human being has a right to discriminate. They can't make decisions if they don't have the ability to discriminate. If I was able to take the top of your head off and reach in there and take a screwdriver and, and cut off anything dealing with discrimination, bias, and bigotry, and hatred, then that, that, and say that, that those things are racism, then you will be a very confused man. You couldn't make any decisions. Racism is an only a competitive relationship between those who are classified as or those who could pass as whites. It is a black-white issue. That's the only way racism exists. You all can't, can't, can't eradicate it, but you don't know what you're looking for. The elephant in the room. You're missing the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is racism, is a, which is a competitive relationship between blacks and whites and those who can pass for whites. Any group who can pass for whites, they are joining the white folks' side. They are against black folk by their, their attitudes and their behavior. And I, and I have not seen that anybody define that yet for black folk. 
That's what you should be watching out for. What is racism? And it has nothing to do with discrimination, bigotry, and hatred. And all the things you just read through with the, with the Black Lives Matter, those are personal attitudes that they're trying to correct. It was a person things with uh, feelings about something. And now they have nothing in the world to do with racism. Talking about you want police uh, reform. If Anderson's power numbers, you don't be talking about no darn police reform. You want to stop police from abusing you. You get economic reform first and give up your own communities and have your economic base and your power behind you so that you can reward and punish anybody that takes advantage, advantage of you or kills your people uselessly and irreverently for no reason at all. Don't let you use power and wealth. But you, if you don't have any wealth power, you are there begging about police power. You want economic reform, not police reform. Instead of social integration, as I told them back in the uh, 1960s, don't be looking for social integration. You look for economic integration. If you have deprived 99% of the black folk in America out of owning and controlling anything for 365 years, why would you be looking for social integration? Well, we want to we want to we want to be able to socialize with them. So, I mean, <laughs> but even, even during slavery, they they would let us put up a hut or a shack in the back of their their mansion. But at least we were social then. No, no, no. I don't want no social. I want economics, and that's the problem with with everything you read from Black Lives Matter. They are t- talking about talking about temporary issues that any individual might feel that they feel discriminated. I, I'm a female. And 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 and, the, and I had to work in the white woman's kitchen for all 365 years. That was discrimination against the female gender. And I was, no, that was economic discrimination against because you were black. That's why you worked in the white woman's kitchen. So now you're going to run out and join her, thinking that you're going to be equal to her. She sat in that same house on the same front porch, right, the same lemonade and, and iced tea while you were working in the field. She was the one to whip your butt in the evening when you came in out of the field for not having picked enough cotton. You didn't meet the cotton quota that day. She was the one who slept in the same bed, put a hand, head on the same pillow with the white man who owned and controlled everything. She's the one that inherits everything that he owned. She either owned, co-controlled, co-owned, and will inherit 99% of everything the white man has. That's a gender issue. Had a gender issue that had nothing the world do. 80% of all slaves being brought to America up until 1808 were black men. They didn't want black women here. They didn't start using black women into slavery until after they had after they wiped out in the Constitution that you no longer could be importing slaves from Africa into America. And once they got into America, they were no longer African-American. They were Native American. They were born in America. Mm. So so what what I'm saying to you in short, and rather than giving you another lecture, is that all those things that the the last live matter is chasing, they are ghosts. They are whips of smoke, miracles, Mm. vows, and esteem. It doesn't, there's no substance to them. They should be going after everything economic. Anything on that list should have been economic base. It's not talking about redistributing some wealth and resources in the black folks' hand. You're off course. You're off the side of the cliff. You're into the sewage. And not, that you're not dealing with black realities. And so, and I don't care who they are. I don't care what position they hold. You've got to remember that in this country, wealth controls everything. If they're in the legislature, then wealth will control them in the legislature. That's what cold. I don't care if you're black or white. It's wealth that controls you. If they're right now, if you're sitting in the White House, it's still wealth. And black folk don't have any wealth, so everybody's going to ignore their butts, period. Mm. You know, that's a good point you made, Dr. Anderson, about wealth, because uh, think about it like this. I want everybody to hear me. Uh, Give me a yes or no if you get what I'm saying here. Um, 
Think about it. Imagine if you were white. Imagine if you are talking about uh, Joe Biden uh, in the White House. Give me a yes or no. Uh, I think it costs about $2 billion to run for president. If Joe Biden did not have access to wealth, do you think Joe Biden could have ever become president of the United States? Give me a yes or no in the chat. Do you think if Joe Biden had no access to, to wealth, would he be president right now? Uh, if uh, if Raphael Warnock out of Georgia had did not have access to wealth, which was money given to him by corporations mostly run by white people, do you think he could have uh, run won the race in, in the Senate? Yes or no? Uh, if Barack Obama had not been able to raise over a billion dollars to run for president and not have access to wealth, do you think that he could have been president? If Donald Trump didn't have access to wealth, do you think that Donald Trump ever would have been president if he was a regular guy that, you know, let's say he just had a lot of friends and everybody liked him, but he wasn't, he had no money. Well, the, the list goes on and on. And and, and so the point that uh, Dr. Anderson's making, and uh, and I'm not going to do a lot of the talking, and when Doc, when the teacher's here, I, I, I know how to be quiet. Uh, but I want everybody to really understand that the wealth, the wealth is the one thing that makes the difference. Uh, that's the thing where it don't matter if people like you or don't like you. Uh, if you got the wealth and the power and the resources in your community, then you that's can right. you can still do what you want to do. And uh, and so, Dr. Ince, I'm going to pass that ball back to you. And, I, and I'd like for everybody, if you could take one second, please hit the thumbs up button. Please subscribe to the channel. Share these videos because this is this is. We're trying to find solutions here. We're trying to solve problems. We're not here to complain about what everybody else ain't doing. We're, we're really we'll talk about that for a second. But then we're going to talk about, you know, solutions and wealth is one of the solutions. And uh, also everybody who's watching later on today, I'm going to bring in some more solutionaries. Uh, uh, attorney Tanya Nebo is going to come in. She's uh she's very, very good at helping black people buy franchises. So she's going to come in today. Uh, later on today, we're also going to have Farmer Brown, the MC who is uh, an expert at growing your own food. And I'm sure, Dr. Anderson, I'm sure you got a lot to say about that, about the importance of uh, of us controlling our food supply and really just looking into the root of what it really means to have independence and freedom. So I'd like to get your, your take on that. I, I, I've heard you tell stories about, you know, being on farms and chickens and roosters and and, and, and things that you've seen through, through the years. Um, so let's let's turn let's turn that corner a little bit. And uh, and and tell us about that. Just that 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 aspect of land ownership, uh, growing, controlling our food supply, um, or or even if it's not even just about the food, just the land, etc. Uh, can you just sort of speak to some of that? Uh, just what comes to mind for you? Well, yeah, okay, I'll be glad to do that. And I, I indicated to you earlier that whites picked up over two billion acres of free land, and see, and that was the purpose of their coming to America. Everybody comes to America for the to, to get wealth and freeload. Everybody came here to freeload. I don't care what, what group you, you can be Asian, you came to America to freeload. You, whether you're from Chinese, you're freeloading. Uh, from Europe, you're freeloading. Uh, from uh, Spain, France, you're freeloading. They came here to get immigrants coming from Latin America right now. They're coming here to freeload, to get stuff that they could not get in their own country free. And see, and and what what does that mean? It puts black folk at a dis a major disadvantage because you didn't own a damn thing. That when you came out of slavery, you have not increased your wealth capacity not one iota since where what it was in eighteen fifty nine to where you are now. And this is twenty twenty one. What are you talking about in a land where wealth and power, wealth power controls everything? And here you are talking about everything but wealth. Here you got people marching in the streets and why they join you is because they know you ain't got enough damn sense to focus on what you need to be focusing on. <clears throat> Supposing, 
<clears throat> excuse me, supposedly a Wealth Lives Matter group has said, we're going to march now and demonstrate until white folks give us a major percentage of ownership and wealth in this country. And we're gonna and we're gonna recommend four or five ways they can do it. Some of you have said that. Would you think those same whites would have joined you? Would, 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 would you have any Hispanics out there joining you? Would you have any midgets, anybody out there joining you? Would you have any gays or transsexuals joining you? No. They're gonna join you because they know you're gonna deal with the superficial, every the ceremonial stuff, something that, that, that's intangible that you can't touch, you can't feel, you can't go to the bank. You cannot and build and get empowerment off. Now the question to your mind is say how something is wrong. Why is it nobody ever wants to talk about correcting what slavery did? Why is it nobody has talked about and since the civil even during the civil rights movement? Why does by correcting what if slavery maldistributed everything into the ownership of, of whites, where you would always be dependent on them for everything, from what you eat, what you breathe, what you drink. The, the, why does somebody correct that? It's because they're half of them are scared, and but a third of those don't give a damn, and the rest of them are just just out there with their own self interest. That's why. That you should be, for instance, you should you should be able to say to yourself, "Well, why is it that all these immigrants coming to the country are getting all these things, but they're not giving it to black folk?" Let's go back a second. Let, let, this is 2019. I mean, let me give you an instance. Let's go back to um, let's see. Uh, let, let's go back to maybe this is May. Let's go back to May. Uh, let me give you a definite date. Let's go back to like to maybe May 19th, 19, 20, 2019. Let's go back to that to 2019. May uh, go back to May 19. On May 19, and back in uh, at that time that the, that the that this country put out an executive order, an executive order to economically empower Asian Americans and Pacific Americans. Now think about that. This was an, an executive order that was put to through all the federal governments to go do everything they can to empower Asians and Pacific Americans in this country. Why is it they, that that happened in 2019, but they didn't talk about black folk? Why is it back? Let's go back to 20. Let's go back to 19 about 1997 when they when, when they when they were holding major conferences in this country, and they invited special groups of Hispanics, special groups of Arabs, special groups of Asians, special groups of Hispanics to Washington, D.C. for a full week conference on how to set up businesses and get access to governmental resources through the 8A set-aside program, to the affirmative action program. And they, but they didn't invite black folk. Black folk were not invited. And, they, and, they, and the whole week conference showing them how to complete the forms, they had lawyers there to help them do the legal work. And then and at the end of the program, they had a group called the Council of 300 that were here in Washington, D.C. that were guaranteed they would give them a contract to start to provide some sources, resources, and supplies to the United States government. They have, so they not only put them in business, we'll give them a contract to start off as they go into business. Why is it when that, that even my wife called and asked, why don't you all include black folk? They said, we don't get into that kind of stuff with black people. I said, what do you want to talk about with them? We're going to talk about some jobs and unemployment for them. Now, somebody is stupid or lazy or indifferent. I don't know what it is. Now, I just gave you two examples. Now, why? Then you you got a major march on on Washington by Black Lives Matter. Matter to whom? 
To whom? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter to those people that are not doing anything, damn thing to help you. Why do you keep putting people in office without getting commitments from them but what they're going to do economically to empower you? I just gave you some examples, shining examples. Go back what the executive orders them and pass to take care of poor people. They said, well, we got to take care of poor people in this country. And with Martin Luther King, for instance, we're going we're gonna to start up. We're going to have a war on poverty. War on poverty? Yeah, we're going to have a war on poverty. Well, who's going to beat it? Well, we're going to have poor blacks and poor whites. You're going to have poor whites and poor blacks on a war. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why not, Dr. Anderson? Because in this country, hell, <laughs> poor whites got poor whites got twenty times more wealth than a poor black person. Why, why are you mixing together? At the, the, why would you call them poor when the whites got twenty? The poor white person got twenty times more wealth than a poor black person. Well, Doctor, so we, 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 well, we, well, let's let's switch it off. Let's mix let's mix it with another group. Let's mix it with uh, uh for job employment, for instance. Let's we, we, let's have a job program for. Uh, for immigrants and and uh, and, uh, and and uh, and unemployed people, and you're gonna mix them now with Hispanics under the Biden under the uh, Barack Obama program, and for four years, guess what? Forty-seven to fifty-two percent of all the jobs given at new hires went to Hispanics. They didn't go to black folk. Here you mm-hmm. got a that time you, the black national unemployment rate was thirty-five percent. It, it was it was forty eight percent in Baltimore, forty eight percent in Detroit, Michigan, forty nine percent in Pittsburgh, fifty two percent to fifty one percent in New York for unemployed youth. And they said, "Well, we'll start a program for 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 unemployed youth." And then guess what? Then then about eighty some percent of the jobs went to to whites and to the white suburbs to run the program, so blacks didn't get a damn thing. Something is wrong, and I'm and, and I'm sorry to say, in my old age, I am sick and tired sick and tired of people using broad ambiguous terms on black folk and black folk go for it every time. Go mm. for it every time. They talk about getting reparations. I usually get reparations when you keep using these broad ambiguous terms. I say, what is it? What people are you talking about? We're talking about African-Americans. Now you ain't talking about no damn African-Americans. What in the hell is an African-American? Well, that, uh, well, we, we, people came from Africa. Every damn body on the earth came out of Africa. I don't have the stomach for it anymore, Dr. Watkins. So you might have one of the few people got the stomach, you got the strength, you got the subconsciousness, and you know, and you know, and you know economics better than 98% of the people in the country. Why don't they put make you the damn leader for black folk? Why did get just well this person got elected in office? He got elected without a brain. So, so what, <laughs> why don't you get uh, Boris Watkins, let him run the program? And then and then for as I'm concerned. <clears throat> Why not? What? He doesn't have a list of demands. Well, I'm going to give him a list of demands. So today I gave him a list of demands. And, and, you, and when you read my list of demands out of the Powernomics Corporation, watch the major difference between what, 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 what was in the Powernomics plan that was put into effect and, and, and put on paper way back in the, in the, way back in the summer. And not, neither, neither Democrat, not one Democrat has called me in, in, in two years asking me about the Powernomics plan. But mm-hmm. it's called every day. I would get every day. I would get calls. Uh, uh, Jared Kushner and, and people from out of the White House said, Dr. Anderson, give us your plan. I said, I don't want to get involved in the election. And when blacks started writing in my name saying, well, you know, we can deliver this whole damn uh, election to you, Dr. Anderson. We write you in as a presidential candidate. And we know we can get millions of black voters to vote for you. 
I said, no, if you did that, it would probably hurt the Obama, I mean, the Biden administration. And I said, I don't want to do that. I want to stay out of this election. But so as a matter of fact, there were people across the country like yourself that told black folk, don't write me in on a, on a ballot. Am I right? Yeah, at first, at first I told them to do it. But when you and Mrs. Anderson told me uh, that you didn't want that, uh, we reversed that. And I said, let's take that out. Let's not do that. Okay. But uh, I, I would have gladly voted for you. But uh, but I, I didn't want to do anything that you that you and Mrs. Anderson were not comfortable right. with. No, I, didn't, I didn't want to hurt the campaign. So, But I said, but you learn to hold the Biden administration accountable. And now, so now, and I recently sent you the Powernomics plan. And you, you can pick anything on there you want to discuss. But I guarantee you up front, Everything on my and the power economics plans deal with economically redistributing resources, power, wealth, and income into the hands of Black Americans, not not African Americans. People that just came to the country, they've never been. They're not the descendants of slaves. And there's a difference between the an African American coming to coming 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 to than a native Black American, because you see, native Black Americans are people who came in this country were enslaved for for twenty some damn generations who were stripped of everything, every, even their humanity, and they had nothing. Those are different from somebody who comes in from Africa uh, last week or 20 years ago. Those, those are, those are African-Americans. And every white person coming to America is an African-American. Because the first human beings on earth where <laughs> humanity started someplace south of Kenya in Africa. And anybody who leaves and, and leaves Africa before they spread all around the world, going across the Burren Straits, coming into America and become later on, they call Native Indians. They ain't no damn Native Indians. How the hell Indians going to come in and get ahead of black folk and black folk, the first human beings on earth? How they get to be natives? They were natives. They were immigrants that came across the Burren Straits about five or six thousand years ago. But, but, <clears throat> but the blacks that came across the Burren Straits from Africa, came up from Africa, went through the Middle East all the way up through, the, through Asia and then came across the Burren Straits into Canada and came down, they ran into the Folsom people. The Folsom people were the first people coming across here. They had already set up and lived in this country down in New Mexico and Arizona. They had Folsom, California, Folsom, Colorado, Folsom, Mexico. Those were Folsom people. The oldest people on earth are black people. They've mm-hmm. been here centuries after centuries after centuries, thousands of years. And they came here for 16,000 years before the, the Asians did. And these Asians came down and interbred with them. And created, so it, that's why Indians don't have, don't have yellow skin and slant eyes. They interbred with the Folsom people who got round eyes and dark skin. But yet nobody gave credit for that. So called black folk, Native American, is an insult to call them an African-American. Anybody that's coming to this country is an African-American. And to see if whites started that stuff back about 1840s, let's call these Negroes. Uh, let's call them African-Americans. Then we're going to ship them out of here because we're going to bring in about 30 million new Europeans and give them resources. And we don't want black folk have be able to lay a claim to anything. So they won't be able to go back and say we enslaved them. And so we, we'll send them back to Liberia or we'll send them to a, some land, uh, set aside a piece of land down maybe around Texas and Arizona and put them down there. Or we'll send them back to the Bahamas because we don't need them anymore. We've taken everything out of them. We've taken their labor. We've, they have enriched us. We don't need them anymore. But we started calling them African-Americans. And uh, they said, well, you know, I got blacks called. I said, Dr. Anderson, you can't call them black because black is nothing but a color. I said, hell, white is only was, was a lack of color. But you but you don't hear the white folks turning down being called white. Why are you going to turn around and be calling black? Well, uh, uh, that, that's the only color. No, no. Blackness is the most powerful thing in the universe. 
or on the earth. Blackness is power. It's power, wealth. You can't find anything on the, in the universe that's more powerful than the black. You start talking about the, in, in the outer space. You want to start talking about the black holes, the darkness out there. The black holes right now are about 200 times more powerful than the damn sun. It'll suck the sun in and it's destroyed. You, anything on this earth and in the atmosphere is power. Blackness is the most powerful thing. The co- in the color spectrum, you find is blackness. You can't, whiteness cannot reproduce any color. Black, black people didn't come out of white folks. You can't get any blackness out of white. But see, I can't get black folk to understand this because they listen to the black leaders who don't know that butts from the hole in the ground. But anyway, you go ahead and let, let me get off of that subject. subject. <laughs> well, you know what that is. I think I think that those are great points. And uh, and everybody, by the way, I'm talking to Dr. Claude Anderson. He's the author of the books Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets. Um, I hope you'll go take a look at powernomics.com. That's where his books are. Your kids need to read those books. Those should be the first history and economics books that your children read. Uh, we must educate our own children or they will be miseducated. So give me a yes in the chat if you understand that, that we must control all of that, starting with what goes into the heads of our kids. Uh, also, please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Speaking of controlling ideas, uh, we need to control black media. We need to have authentically owned black media that's coming from black people, uh, not things like BET that are really owned by Viacom, but things that are coming out of the community that reflect your interest. This is a space where I want your voice to be heard. So the more you share, the more you help us distribute these ideas, the the, the stronger we will get. And we are gaining strength. Uh, I want you to understand. I want everybody to feel bad because this is the black economic revolution. Dr. Claude Anderson is, he is your Marcus Garvey of this generation. You are the soldiers that are part of this revolution. This revolution is gaining ground every single year. Uh, Remember five, 10 years ago, we were talking about this stuff with nobody listening. Uh, A few years later, more people were listening. Now we got the rappers rapping about it. Uh, Ice Cube and and celebrities are calling Dr. Anderson. Kanye West called me. First thing he said is, can you get me in touch with Dr. Anderson? Charlamagne the guy, same thing. So so what's happening now, I want everybody to understand the context here. Uh, And and I just want to be a vessel. I enjoy just being a part of this uh, because I see what this is becoming. Uh, This is becoming something that is going to become powerful. We will accomplish more as a community uh, in one generation than a thousand government policies will accomplish in, in 200 years. I want everybody to know that. And you're a part of this. How are you a part of this? You're a part of this because you decide in your household what that culture is going to be. You decide what the priorities are going to be. You decide if your children are going to grow up to become employees or business owners. You get to decide if they're going to become consumers or producers. You decide if they're going to become renters or owners. So by you teaching your children these things, then you are controlling the ideas of the next generation. We can't control all the black folks. Some folks ain't going to listen. That's okay. Uh, Because what's going to happen is your children will be their employers. Your children will be the ones who can offer them jobs when white folks are still spitting on them. Right. So so I want you to just see the big picture, everybody, so we can make sure we know we are winning. We are winning. It's slow, but we are winning. Uh, last point I want to bring to you, Dr. Anderson, is this. I want to show you a video that uh, from, that was sent to me today by a young black man that I really think you should know about. His name is King Randall. And King Randall, uh, I might have mentioned I could have mentioned to you when you and I were talking. But if I didn't, I'm, I'm going to mention to him, you to him now. He's a 21 year old black man who. Uh, he he, uh, he came to my attention because 
he, he ran up against one of the uh, Democratic Party Negro operatives, this guy named Roland Martin, who tried to bash him and beat him up and everything. But, but King Randall's uh, 21 years old. He built a school called the X School for Boys down in Georgia. He's also raised tens of thousands of dollars. And he he just really gets it in terms of when you talk about young people that really are going to lead the future, uh, the ideas that are going to make us great again. He gets it. I'm going to show you a quick little one minute video that he sent me today. And uh, and I want everybody else to see this because y'all going to be real impressed with this young man. If you haven't seen him or heard of him, uh, then you you need to know about him now. So let give me one second. Let me share this video. Let me share. Make sure. See if I can share my audio. OK. All right. Uh, I hope you can hear it. I'm going to play the video. Let me know if y'all can hear it. OK. Give me a yes in the chat when I start playing it. And Dr. Anson, let me know if you if you can't hear it or not. I'm going to play it for you right now. My granddad always told me growing up, he always said on some dirt. And so I know a lot of people are always asking, you know, King, how are you 21 years old and you know so much or what are you able to teach your boys? I'm just like, well, when you have male figures in your life, they're able to teach you a lot of these things. Growing up, we've always been taught to like wallow in our defeat. And, you know, I can't go do anything, you know, because something's going to happen to it or you know, but that's kind of what history has taught some people. But I'm just like, well, why don't you just watch what they were doing and, and watch their mistakes and not make those? On 40 acres of land, I just purchased for my boys uh, in the program. And I know a lot of us, especially in our, in our community, um, we always heard about that 40 acres and the mule that we've been asking for. Well, I decided to go take it. So, uh, Dr. Anson, was everybody able to hear the video? Dr. Anson, were you able to hear it? I heard it. Yeah, I did. So, what do you think? I'm I'm super proud of him. How how did you feel uh, seeing that video? I'm proud. I'm proud of blacks like that. I I, I need about about 46 million blacks with that kind of an attitude (laughs) and energy to get out there and own and control land. White folk knew that, that, that land is power and wealth. And see, and that's what the American dream is based on. The American dream, see, you go ask some of these black folks sitting in politics right now, holding a position in the House of Representatives or the House of Senate or any place in government. Ask them, say, what was, what is the American dream? They don't know what in the hell it is. They think, well, it's because we love everybody. We all get along. No, the American dreams mean two things. You come to America and get free land and free black labor to get enriched and, through, and, and you be a freeloader. That's how all these whites got all the wealth and resources. That's why if you go out west, you can see people owning 100,000 acres of free land, of land. Whites all over the, all over the south, that those group called the, the Proud Boys that came up and hit the capital trying to take it over. They had all got free lands through their ancestors. Black folk were never given 40 acres and a mule. And because they, they turned it, because whites said, we give these black folk anything, they, they can become like us if they own land. That's why every, every black that gets some land, white folks immediately try to figure out how to take it away from them. And like that young boy said, get yourself some dirt and own it, control it, and then and make put it and bring it into production. And right now, one of the things I've asked black folk to do is, is asking, I gotta find something that I can get them to identify with that will signify black folks' dedication across this country. And that's why this thing right now with, with the Finley group down in uh down in Alabama with the high-speed rail system the X-20 rail system, high-speed rail system, that system would give black folks something they never had, never, 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 never in the history of the nation have any black so-called leader come up with, say, we need one thing economically 
that all that can go all across this nation that black folk identify and say, this is ours. This is ours. And all that, when, when the government gave whites, gave, 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 gave 12 white groups of wealthy whites across this country, gave them 24 million acres of free land for railroads development across this country, 24 million acres, and gave them $24 million to bring it into fruition. That meant that when you divide that up with those lines, that means every white who started a railroad line across this country, whether it was Ohio or, or whichever Pacific and, 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 and Oregon radio, uh, railroads, they turned around and gave them six acres, six acres of land on both sides of the railroad tracks. They had, they had six miles of railroad free land on this side, six miles on this side, going across this nation up and down, except through the South, through the blacks, the, the blacks, old black cotton belt. They got nothing. They didn't want to build anything through the cotton belt. And that's why right now the Finley Group are pushing and the power numbers is trying to help them to be able to build a new, a new high-speed rail that will run from South Carolina all the way to Texas and can be extended all the way to Los Angeles. That thing would run at 250 miles an hour across this nation and then get you there about the same time an airplane would take you with all the stops in, in five states. There'd be stops in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, stops in Birmingham, Alabama, stops in Jackson, Mississippi, stops in Seaport, Louisiana, and stops in, in Dallas, Texas. And, and those by those five states, those are black states, primarily black states. And those cities are, are got black mayors. And they got black black city councils and black folk can buy into and invest in in those in those areas for the first time in the history of the nation. They got a project they can all identify with. No more marching, jumping and running. No more saying I'm gonna get a seat. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get me a barbecue restaurant. No, this is something that every black can buy into. They can go right on those lines and go across this nation in short order to all those black areas. And that, but guess what? Right now, we're still waiting to hear from the Biden administration. They've been in office now six months. They're dealing with everybody about immigrants, about bringing in more immigrants and empowering them. Just like I told you about everybody else. Everybody else gets empowered by our government, but they don't put them in. Black folk put them in. Now they're working with the Hispanics. Guess what? Half of the Hispanics in this country are Republicans. They voted against Biden. Here's Biden worrying about the damn Hispanics and not nothing for black folk. He's going to be sorry about that. Now, that this, if this railroad system dies and the Biden administration has not supported it and done something, and they were meeting this morning in Congress, this morning Congress was meeting trying to figure out how they're going to spend 180 some million billions of dollars on the infrastructure. They're talking about going out here dealing with the uh, uh, the, the, the the railroad system over in uh, what's it called? The Al- what's on the Atlantic? What is it called? What's that system called now? Uh, Runs from run from Boston all the way down to to Orlando, Florida. The old oh, I know it's something I don't know what it's called though. Oh, what now? Uh, I know what I know what you're talking about, but I don't yeah. know what it's called. Yeah, they see, and, and that thing runs at about seventy miles an hour. But that's that's an old line, a weak line, a weak uh, uh, power belt that will not work. You're running through those urban cities; it won't work because they got high, they got freight on there, and they carry like highly explosive materials and anything else. And if a, a train comes by that at, at 100 some miles an hour, it can it can shake those things up, and that whole damn railroad would blow up and explode. You know, that's very dangerous. But now, but the best one, best opportunity they got right now is not in California with a high speed rail system, or down in southern southern t- Texas, or up in up in Boston. It's right down running through the Black Cotton Belt. And right now, the Biden administration has not called 
and we've been trying to contact them too for the pot for the uh Finley group to, to get that up. They got a shovel ready project. All they need is some help, some assistance, some recognition from the support from the Biden administration. Not one has called them yet and done anything about it. But I tell you what, if that system dies, and, and, and Biden's gonna have a hell of a time trying to get by the next two to four years in this country. Because black, you got we got millions of blacks that say we ain't going for it anymore. You said, and they had a big hearing today, and I want to know how many blacks in this congressional black caucus showed up to speak up for the black. The, uh, the X-20 uh, rail line down running through the black southern states. How many black governors have been pressured by black folk in, in, in Georgia and Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, saying get out there and support that thing for black folks to have jobs. It'll create 100,000 black jobs, uh, maybe about another 50,000 uh, uh, opportunities for black folks to invest and probably put up about about, about a two or 3,000 of businesses, everything from hotels to restaurants, to confession stands and everything else and taxes cabs and, and little uh, bus services take them from the depots down into those cities. This is a major opportunity and I'm, I've been pushing for, for, the, for the Black Finley Group and you haven't got one person from the from the Biden administration respond yet. They've got some Blacks in the Biden administration talking about, I ain't gonna do nothing to help Black folk. I ain't gonna help make no Black folk rich uh, for, so, so they can own, own and control something. All those people gonna have to come out here between now and the next two years and I can guarantee you that I know of all the blacks I know, they're going to have a hell of a time trying to explain to black folk why the, the, uh, the high speed rail system running through the South died or why they messed around and let the right now you had a group called the U.S. High, high speed rail system. They don't represent black folk. They represent all the whites that already own rail lines. And that's what and that's who's competing to get the money from the Biden administration. You let that go down and the Biden says they are through in this country. You're not going to have reelected in this country. I can guarantee you that that's going to happen because right now everybody keeps stepping on and urinating on black folk instead of trying to help them. Nobody's in power in black folk and black folk have no place else to go. The black lives Matter are not speaking for black folk economically. Nobody's speaking for black folk economically. NAACP doesn't do it. Urban League doesn't do it. And nobody speaks for them. And they better get, they better get somebody speaking for them. Don't worry about Claude Anderson. I'm not here to, to create a revolution. I tell you what, these black folk now are sick and tired of being sick and tired of being poor, overlooked, and voting and getting nothing in return for it. This has been going on for centuries. And the Democratic Party was a, was a party that originally enslaved black folk. The Democrats enslaved black folk for 365 years. It was a, it was a Democratic Party. That's who enslaved in the Republican Party come into existence to the mid, to the eight, and to the, uh, to, and after the Civil War. When they came into existence, they had black folks, they tried to help black folk for 10 years called reconstruction, reconstruct. And that's what it's, that's what they came into existence for, reconstruct, which means you've been doing everything wrong as a Democrats and screwing over black folk. Do something to help them now. Empower them. Shift some wealth and resources. No more this, this turkey stuff about we're going to do something to make y'all feel good. We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna, we're gonna do something to give y'all some jobs. Black folk don't need jobs. They need damn businesses. They need businesses. They can produce jobs. Tell the Urban League and then the WCP, quit looking for jobs for black folk and started looking for business opportunities and putting black folk in the business so they can hire their own damn people and produce their own products and all that. We got four million acres of land in the south in that, in that cotton belt I'm talking to you about it, that the rail system is going through. We got over four million acres of black owned land. They, don't, they can't develop it because they don't have any ways to be able to ship it out, raise products and be united. And tell those black colleges and the United Negro College Funds 
and uh, to be able to start raising products and services and goods for black folk and shipping into these urban areas where they can set up set up a farmer market. So every damn weekend, black folk go to their own farmer market and get fresh produce, food, and everything else, and be able to have jobs and run their own businesses and grocery stores and shopping malls and, uh, and not shopping malls but shopping uh, grocery shopping stores where they can buy buy fresh produce and goods. You got water shortages coming. You got food shortages coming. It's coming up now, starting pretty soon. And at that point in time, you better have these colleges, these agricultural colleges producing food for black folk and unite themselves and produce these goods and ship them into these urban areas. Otherwise, these blacks are going to starve. That's what's going to happen to them. Because right now, 70% of all the black folk in America live in and around about 10 large urban areas. And they have no way of getting food. They have no way of getting fresh water. They don't own a damn thing. They're dependent on somebody else to provide it. Who are they dependent on? They're dependent on these immigrants that are coming in here and getting empowered with resources and money and wealth. Nobody's empowered black folk in 500 years. And this is the time to do it. If they don't do it, Biden wasn't, won't be in, in power very long. Neither will Ms. Harris with him. Let them keep playing around, trying to take care of everybody but black folk and trying to give the appearance to somehow that black folk are the most friendly, compassionate people on earth. They're always willing to help everybody and save everybody from the gaze on up. No, they better start helping these damn black folk in the country by providing some resources and money to let them build businesses and own property and rebuild these black communities in the name of black folk and then have practice, practice group economics and group power. That's what they better do. And I'll tell you, I'm a close right now, and but that's my feeling about all of this. And and you would be the ideal person for them to be a make it to a black leader in this country. Make Dr. Watkins the new black leader in the country. And ignore anybody that's right now in a major organization or sitting in a public office that has no sense of commitment and consciousness about their own people's survival. Well, uh, I, I want everybody to know I, I did not know Dr. Anderson was going to say that. And um, at, at the very least, uh, I don't mind being an advisor to you. Uh, I believe we can all lead together. And um, and I, I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm always honored and flattered uh, by the kind words you share. Um, I, and I would say at the end of the day, uh, I think I see all of us as a collective. Uh, everybody in here in this room right now, we are the leadership, you know, as a, as a group. So if I am, I, so I, I I would humbly accept, the, you know, the the honor of leading. But I want to lead by committee uh, because you know, in this group, there are so many black people that have so many great ideas that are so skilled. Um, and and what I really want to do is help support all of you in uh, connecting with each other and to uh, realizing how great you can be. And so uh, so I want to say I hope everybody will join me right now in saying thank you to Dr. Anderson. Please, please, please give him a digital thank you. He just came in here and gave us over an hour of some of the most powerful words that uh, many of us have gotten our whole entire lives. You, you don't you don't get this in college. You're not going to get this at an HBCU. Uh, you know, a lot a lot of black folks ain't ready for this. He's ahead of his time. And uh, and and this is the future for our community. So please thank him. Also, his website is powernomics.com. <clears throat> That's where his book is. Now, a couple of things I want to also mention to you guys before we go. One, uh, some of you are here because uh, you got a text message from us. We'll text you from time to time. If you want to get a text, just text the word voice to 31996. Text voice to 31996. Secondly, uh, Vicki Dillard, you, you all know Vicki Dillard. Uh, she's doing a mastermind this weekend. Uh, and it's on, uh, it's mostly for women, but men are welcome as well. And, uh, if you want to go take a look at what she's got going on this weekend, you can go to fly 
It's going to be this weekend. And a lot of y'all love Vicky Dillard. And the last piece is uh, Farmer Brown, the MC, who's an, uh, who's an expert on growing your own food. We were talking about growing your own food today. Well, if you want to learn how to set up your garden, set up your urban garden, things like that, he's been doing this for years. And uh, he's partnered with the Black Business School to literally teach you a program on how to grow your own food. So if you want to just take a look at what he's got going on, you can go to healthyblackfood.com. The URL's on the screen. He's going to be here tonight, and you're going to get a chance to hear from him directly as well on Dr. Boyce TV. So make sure you subscribe, hit the thumbs up button so you'll be notified when we do this. So I want to say thank you very much, Dr. Anderson, uh, for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, one last thing, and I would encourage them, and you're right on target. I encourage them to try to get to that powernomics.com and get that power pack, the library pack, where they get all five of those books. Those books are taken from the beginning to the end, what they need to be thinking about, working on, and championing in this country. And they'll give you the kind of information that the, that the Black Lives Matter group can't give you. There are no books in this history of this nation ever been written like those five books. You get all five of those books for $100 or $90, whatever it is, and get all five of them and start reading them because so you understand these issues. That is black neighbor, white wealth. It tells you the nature of the problem. Even the cover tells you the nature of the problem. Black labor, white wealth. So you got, <laughs> and it got timelines in there that show you how whites picked up the money and wealth, how they got it. And, and Dr. Watkins can show you also in, in tracking it. It'll show you how throughout history, where they were getting the wealth from, how they were getting it. Through every and every group that was getting wealth and, and, and gives you timelines. That's the first thing. The second thing would be uh, the Dirty Little Secrets books. So you understand again that, that there are over 1,000 factors in there, stories, short stories telling you things that unknown about what black folk have done in terms of achievement. But black, when white folks start saying, you black folk never done anything, no, it's that you white folks are ignorant of all the things that black folk have done and never gave them credit for, nor appreciation for, nor reparations for the things they've done. You've got, got two dirty little secrets book in there. You start talking about the um, the black history reader and Powernomics. Those two books go got, got 101 questions down there that explain and analyze everything you want to know about those questions, about what should be done. And the last thing is to get those books and start reading them immediately. That is extremely important. Summer's coming up. Make sure those books are in your house, in your library, and in your children's hands, because right now everything is online. Get those those five books called a library pack, and you get a, also a free DVD in there on, on issues about black folk. And that is now by going to powernumbers.com and ordering a, that power pack. And I know one thing is that if Dr. Watkins tell you to go do it, I know you all respect that man. So you'll be going out there looking out there buying those books and trying to read them. And if you can't, if you have difficulty reading, he will help you read through them. And I'll come back on at any time. And I'm going to be coming on, I guess, most of the summer with Dr. Watkins to try to make sure that I take up a little of his time because I don't want to overwork him. So I'll be there with him to to to, to, to give a lot of noise and verbalize my concerns for you. So go get those, get that power library pack with those five black books for $100 and in the free DVD. And I love you all. And that is, a, and uh, I look forward to coming and, and 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 support. Call every politician you know and says, "Are you supporting that 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 high speed rail system through the Black Cotton Belt in the South?" And uh, don't be good putting every, all your money into things running up and down the East Coast talking about. Uh, I can't think of that name of that rail out there. It's called the. Uh, you mean uh, Amtrak? Huh? Amtrak. Uh, Amtrak. That's it. They they said that Am putting all your money into Amtrak. That that line of bed is so it's so old and wobbly, it just wobbles. And that and you should be saying, 
we need to have and, and, and they're intentionally avoiding talking about what Europe has. Europe has a high speed rail system. China has a high speed rail system. All our foreign countries have a high speed rail system. The United States is the only one. And they're doing that intentionally because they don't want to want, want to support the one in the South or the blacks, the one from but it, it'll be mixed on it because whites can also buy some some ownership in it. But it's primarily it'll be majority owned by blacks. And that'll be running across the South. You hear that black folk bad mouthing it. Run them out of public office. Take them out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, you got to get, get your ass out of politics and go and go start selling peanuts on the corner or something. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, well, thank you very much, Dr. Anderson. This is always a pleasure. And uh, uh, everybody, uh, thank you all for hanging out with us today. Uh, we'll be back a little bit later. We got some more people coming on today. Attorney Tanya Nebo will talk about uh, franchise ownership as a pathway to building wealth. Then we're also going to have Farmer Brown, the MC, later on to talk about uh, growing your own food. Uh, he's an expert on agriculture from Kentucky State University. And uh, so we're going to um, just do what we can to support you. So uh, thank you, everybody. Please have a wonderful day. And uh, we will see you all soon. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.